0: There was three guys out in the desert, and there was another guy out there with them. And he asked the first guy, how would you survive? And he said, well, I have water. He goes, that's a good idea. And he asked the second guy, what do you have? And the guy said, I have food. And he said, that's a good idea. And um, he asked the third guy um, what he had. The third guy said, I have a car door. He goes, well, why would you have a car door? He goes, so I can shut it when it gets hot out here.
1: Behind the veil, Uptown is on the air. Today we'll hear more from Dr. Batch, more pets from Marissa, more music, more
2: poetry, an interview with Adam Levy of the Honeydogs, and more, 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 so tune in and turn it up. This is Mark Jensen calling in for the podcast Behind the Veal Uptown. We are traveling. Jonathan and I are traveling on the way to Ragnar. Jonathan, how far about is it to Ragnar? Uh, we got about a 45-minute drive, Mark. 45-minute drive. We'll check in later. A new month means a whole new calendar filled with fun Vale Place activities. So here's what's going on in the month of September. Join Katie and CJ to celebrate Labor Day at the clubhouse from 10 to 2. The annual picnic is on September 7th from 3 to 6 at Burns Park. The business department is being painted the weeks of the 12th and the 19th, and we would love your help. But that's not even close to all. We have multiple opportunities to explore art with Steve or Martha and to play board games with Mykea and Sebastian. We also have a crazy number of outings for you to enjoy, from bowling to MIA, from hiking to tennis, and even an apple orchard. Check out the calendar when it's posted for the month and be sure to sign up for what you're interested in. Welcome to Behind the Veil Uptown. I'm Keith W. Well, not really. I'm Mark J. I'm filling in for Keith W. Behind the Veil Uptown is an interesting thing to listen to. It brings a variety of people together for some informational lecture and talk. How about you? Would you like to hear this podcast presented to you? Or would you like to join our podcast? Whichever. Whichever. Please respond to our respected and new podcast, Behind the Veil Uptown.
3: This is Marissa with her pet segment. Today I'm here to talk about a dog that wasn't mine but made paw prints across my heart. Monty. Monty's family was the Andersons, who consisted of Scott, Liz, Sean, Shay, and Chris. Monty was put down this August due to aggressive cancer on his leg and hip and had his eye removed earlier this year because of cancer. Monty was a yellow lab who had a habit of stealing the remote to get his boy's attention. I watched Monty when his family was on vacation, but my mom stayed there when she was homeless. And Scott, the dad, was a pilot, so whenever he would bring his suitcase out, Monty would get so depressed and just whine and look at his dad and say, Daddy, are you leaving me? But my mom had a very special bond with Monty when she stayed there. My mom would give him cough drops at night and would be there for him all the time. Monty would steal socks, blankets, and remotes to get his human's attention, and it was hard to get what he stole back. Monty wasn't allowed in the kitchen, but would countersurf on the peninsula that he could reach and would eat anything that he could get his paws on. He loved his peanut butter. He knew what time he was supposed to be fed and he would do this high-pitched whiny bark to let you know to feed him. And you would have a conversation with him just whining and barking. He was very vocal. He also had a dental stick treat after dinner that would clean the tartar from his teeth, and you could not say dental stick because he knew what that was. So he would start begging for you to give him a dental stick. Monty was so sweet. He was allowed on furniture, so he would cuddle up to you or sleep on your bed. He would go around your neck on your shoulders and just sleep there on one of the chairs. Monty also loved his toys, whether it was a dragon, a wubba, a bone, or a ball. He was always ready to play. Monty always wanted to be with people, especially if you were the only one. He was this friendly, barking yellow lab. I'm glad that I got to know him. Goodbye, Monty.
2: And it is a beautiful 70 some degree day out here at the park for Ragnar. We've got people pulling in and getting prepared. People are throwing on their yellow vests. And in a little bit, we're going to hear from Chad and see what he has to say about how the day's progressing so far. Ladies and gentlemen, Chad. I have two words for you walkie, talkie. (laughs) We are having problems with the talkie-talkies, technical difficulties. If you have any, please come back to uh, Back in the Past and visit us here at the park and get us some walkie-talkies. As what one could argue in authority on rock music, First Avenue says of our guest, he is regarded by many to be one of the great American songwriters of his era. He currently performs in the three-piece band Turn, 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 who mix in a collection of cover and original songs. And prior to Turn, 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 he fronted the band The Honey Dogs from 1994 to present and released 10 or 11 albums, depending where on the internet you look. So let's ask the source, Adam Lovey of The Honey Dogs and Turn, Turn, Turn fame. Thank you for coming on Meet the Music. And how many albums did The Honey Dogs release?
0: Man, that's so funny. I was just counting today all the records that I've made, which number about... 16. Mm -hmm. Um, and of those varying projects, um, 11, 12, I think.
2: 12. Okay. So I was looking at the wrong play and that was going to actually, my next guess was how many albums do you think you've released or been part of creatively?
0: If we're talking about things I've produced and played guitar on or had some role, um, yeah. 100 or so things
2: that's kind of what i was thinking about if you're if if you're work a lot in the industry it's probably got your fingers into hundreds of things
0: some some have been really i'm really proud of them
2: yeah yeah actually i'm sitting next to me is a a, a case full of uh, four track cassettes from the 80s that i'm gonna go back and try to source material out of because it's got some terrible drum beats that i love the sound of <laughs> Now I myself have just recently tapped into the discography for the honey dogs and I've listened to here's luck twice. And I love it so far and looking forward to listening to more. Um, This is a tough question. I'm sure, but which album of yours is your favorite?
0: Mm. You know, I mean my solo record knob and way uh, is a very personal record just because it's related to mental health stuff and it's, about my son who died in 2012, yeah. that's a very special place um, the thing that I've done most recently, the newest turn 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 record that I produced um, is coming out this <clears throat> November and I'm because I did it myself um, I'm really proud of that and I'm proud of the music I wrote and kind of the collaboration that I've worked on with these uh, these two other women. And the band that we've put together, it's just really pretty exciting. If I had to say what's my favorite Honey Dogs record, that's also tough. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, 10,000 Years as a Special Place and Amygdala are probably my two favorites, but I like them all for different reasons. You know, they all kind of mark a different point in your life and they mean something to other people, you know, because they heard them at certain times.
2: What advice would you have for a passionate amateur musician because at Vail Place we have many that use music therapeutically from either practicing it or um you know how 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 can you divine good mental health out of music
0: Well I think the creative process is really important for mental health um I also think just creating And not getting some kind of professional help isn't the best idea either because you can really get into your own world and your own reality. But I think if you're really self-reflective, whether, you know, you're using medication or cognitive therapy or some combination therein, um, I think for those of us that really struggle with addiction or depression, anxiety, other stuff, Creativity is just another therapeutic outlet, you know, to really examine what you're going through, make sense of the world.
2: I, I have a chemical addiction that I've put in the past from a couple of years now. And uh, for me, it's creativity is, is one of the things that's pushed me throughout my life. And it's, it's what's helped me get through uh, sobering up and, and trying to come up with a new way of looking at life.
0: Absolutely. I mean, when I, when I stopped drinking, that was the place that I turned, like what's going to, what's going to bring me joy and making something new from nothing, you know, always feels good. Even just working on it, you know, you get, you can get lost in it in a really good way. It feels like you're connecting with some other realm of reality.
2: Yeah. It seems that some people, myself included for a long time, uh, didn't see active listening as a therapeutic brethren to actively playing, or what is it, reactive listening? With Zoom or in a conference room, there's breakout sessions where people can talk after the main event. In live music, there aren't really breakout sessions unless you count Perkins at 2.15 in the morning. But you perform emotionally gripping music live. And the question is, do you you see performing live to hundreds of people as a form of group therapy? And for who is the therapy most beneficial? The listeners are for you.
0: I can speak to the the reality of connecting with other people, sharing your deep secrets or your uh, perspective on the world and having people listen respectfully to that or their bodies are moved by what you're doing, you know, like it's pretty, it's a pretty cool thing. And it's cool to be on the receiving side of that as a listener, you know, when you're, when somebody is really giving a good show and you love their music, it's just, it's a really kind of communal transcend transcendent experience. It's it's amazing.
2: Uh, I was reading up a bit on music therapy, uh, and it seems that it's broken up down into two types of therapy, receptive and, and active. Many of my member friends at Vail use receptive music therapy sessions, like listening to Journey after completing the daunting task, as a reward and a way to relax. Are there any tips that you've experienced and could share for the Vail Place member who uses music to unwind or get psychologically prepared for a task?
0: listening to whatever music releases dopamine in your brain is just a good a good thing
2: to do. There are active music therapy practitioners at Vail Place too. I make my music to be creative, and creativity is one of the values in my life. So I'm often in the, the active therapy camp. And it's not like you need to actively pursue therapy, it's just a byproduct of composing. Do you personally feel more value from listening or from playing?
0: There are times when I'm just transported by someone else's music music that we fall in love with really has a role in marking points in our life and kind of creating memories. So I kind of feel like you need a little distance from music to, for it to really impact you um, in that re- in that regard. But playing music is like, if I was told I could never play music again, it would be like one of the most tragic things in my life. That would be really hard to adjust to it. Performing music is such an integral part of who I am and it's so therapeutic and it's so necessary to my, um, kind of existential place in the world. I feel it's yeah. just two completely different things. I can't really compare which one's more important playing or, or, uh, listening. Okay. They kind of depend on each other in a lot of ways.
2: As far as uh, music goes, when you want to actively, when you want to not actively listen to lyrics or a deeper meaning and just shut your brain down and bob your head to rhythm, what album is your ear candy album? I think it's
0: just, it sort of depends on, depends on what, what. I'm into it at any given time. I've really been enjoying the Heim record, their Mm -hmm. last album that they put out. And I went and saw their show. And, you know, it's not exactly like music I myself make, but it just brings me a lot of joy. I love the old, those Beatles records, especially if I don't listen to them for a while and revisit them. Those are very like, uh, they just bring me a lot of joy.
2: I think it kind of connects to what I was what I was thinking of, and I couldn't process it at the time, from the last question about the value in listening or playing, is that listening has the surprise factor, where a song can just say, hello, and, and you haven't thought about it before. You've never heard that before. And it, it grabs you. I remember the first time I heard Dead Kennedys, and I remember the first time I heard Smells Like Teen Spirit. And <laughs> they're both... The, the the surprise fact, just being grabbed and shaken, that was worth a lot to me.
0: It's, it's very rare when I find something that really blows
2: me away. A little bit left here, uh, and that is just 10 random questions I thought I would throw out. I was going to say 10 questions, 30 seconds on the clock, but we don't have to be that uh, draconian. Uh, one, guilty pleasure musically related.
0: One guilty pleasure. Um I think Heim is probably one of those where it, you know a lot of people when you say you like Heim they're like I don't really like them and it's maybe a slight guilty pleasure for me.
2: Okay. Guilty pleasure not music related. Uh probably soda pop. Soda all right. Uh where where is that for is soda pop? I don't run into too many people who use both at the same people time. Use both,
0: Yeah. It's either soda or pop.
2: I, I, half my life is from New York, half in Minnesota. Yeah.
0: And they say soda there and they say pop here. Yeah. I guess I, cause I travel a lot. I kind of put them both together all the time.
2: Okay. Favorite kiss song.
0: Oh man. A hard luck woman. Probably.
2: Ooh. Okay. But I
0: also love Detroit rock city when I was a kid. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah, the the Melvins do a cover of Going Blind, which is incredible. They even got Gene Simmons on stage with them once. Uh name one album or artist that is so far outside of your norm that people wouldn't believe you like it.
0: I mean, I really love uh Glenn Gould's Bach uh improvisations that he did. Okay, okay. Um, the, what are they called?
2: Of a gl- variations. Variations, variations yeah. yeah.
0: That's something that I, I love, and I'm not a classical musician, but I always come back to the gl- gold variations for sure.
2: Pizza topping when it's your birthday. <laughs> oh,
0: let's see. Probably uh, black olives or sausage.
2: Black olives or sausage. Not not both.
0: Both. Why not?
2: Why not? It's your birthday. Nintendo or Sega?
0: Probably Nintendo.
2: Okay. <laughs> Best pet name you've ever encountered.
0: My son named his hamster Kyle. It's just such so oh, an improbable wow. a- name for an animal, you know, like a little tiny hamster. It just made me laugh so hard.
2: Got it. Favorite local restaurant that we got to try out.
0: I don't know, I like Martina.
2: Martina. Okay, I haven't heard I haven't heard of that one. Was that
0: in Minneapolis? Yeah, it's good.
2: Okay. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Coffee, all right, and then last favorite city in America that isn't home,
0: probably uh the Bay Area San
2: Francisco San Francisco. nice answer. have not been there, I've seen just a lot of stuff. I'd like to get out to California sometime and visit
0: yeah, San Francisco's a really amazing, beautiful city. it has a kind of European feel just because of the way it it's spread out and everything, but it's it's a second home for me cool, yeah. Cool.
2: Well, that's all we have for now. And I'd like to thank Adam Levy for taking the time to talk with me about music and mental health and stuff. And then last, lastly, what song of yours should we close out with?
0: Ooh, Adam's Never Die from my Nob Way record.
2: Adam's Never Die. And that'll play next. Awesome. Well, thank you very much again for your time.
0: to your eyes There's been a crime
2: I stepped, I, I accidentally stepped on a daddy long legs, and I asked it, as it twitched its last twitch, which way its spirit was headed to the spirit world. And it pointed that way, and that way, that way, and that way, and, and that way, that way, definitely that way, and, and over there. Hey,
4: hey, Dr. Batch! How do I stretch before my tennis game? I don't know. How do you stretch before your tennis game? Come on, man. You know what I mean. No,
1: I don't. But that's never stopped me before. I mean... I know what you mean. You want to stretch before your tennis game to avoid injury. Everyone wants to stretch before the game. But nobody stops to stretch after. Stretch after? I've never heard that. I bet you haven't. That's because stretching only once and before exercise is bad advice meant for good reasons. So everyone passes it on as fact. But really, you want to stretch after as well.
4: Wait just a gosh, a minute. I have to stretch before and after. Can I just do one? Well, of course you can.
1: And any stretching is beneficial. It's just that after a workout, you have increased circulation and more oxygen getting to those muscles. So, why not take advantage of that momentum to do some good stretching after? It can even help improve your performance next time you play or work out.
4: So, let's say I'm playing tennis. And are down by seven. Shut up. So, I'm playing tennis and we finish up our match. I win. Winning, because your opponent didn't show, isn't really a win. Why am I losing my hypothetical tennis game and this discussion? Maybe you should have
1: stretched first.
4: Come on now, Dr. Batch, which is it? Before or after? Seriously? Seriously? Stretch
1: mildly before a game to improve circulation and move oxygen to those muscles. Let's call it a, by a name people are familiar with warming up but other people call it dynamic stretching just do lowered speed light versions of the exercises or game you'll be playing if you're going to lose a game of tennis stop that then you should warm up with full range of movement stretches move your arms slowly and deliberately as you mime serving and running and
4: swinging and after my big win i stretch then Big win? Dream big, grasshopper. But yes, at the time your circulation is pumping, oxygen is filling your muscles and body. But I'm so tired after working out or playing a game of, say, full-contact golf. But think of how better you'll feel next time you play. Not
1: buying it? Well, how about if we move slowly and deliberately while allowing the oxygen to continue to flow and call it a cool down.
4: Oh, I know cool downs. I can do that. Yes,
1: you can. Well, I have to run. I'm getting an award for being a good doctor.
4: Someone consider you a good doctor? Yes. Why? Oh, it's just a bit of a dredge. Hello. Hi. So, what happen to be in town? You were in
1: town? And I uh, I found a rock. You found a rock? Yes, I found a rock. A, rock. a rock. No, no, it's not a stone. It's, it's not, not a stone. Okay. Yes. You sure? Yes. Why, why? It it's a rock. Are you sure it's a rock? Is it the rock? No, no the not me not mean the rock. Yeah. the rock. Yes. Simple rock. It's okay. It's a simple rock. Is it skip and skip? If not, skipping rock.
2: I'll forget it. Really? Oh, man. That is cool. Well, it's three o'clock. We're at Ragnar. It's kind of calming down after about two hours of extremely busy work. Uh, I'm here with Ephraim. Ephraim, how's it been today?
0: It's been fantastic, really. It's, uh, it was so nice to get out uh, with my club members. Uh, Uh, And I'm having so much fun. The scenery is beautiful. The runners are grateful when you wave them and cheer them on. And uh, such a great time. And uh, thank you for the clubhouse for uh, bringing us here.
2: Well, that's a (coughs) wrap for this month's edition of Behind the Veil of Town. We hope you've enjoyed listening, and we'll talk more in the future. Produced by Mark J., and engineered by Mark and Sebastian W. With special thanks to our contributors, Wendy E., Keith W., Marissa W., CBass, CJ,